It is Tuesday, September 22nd. Welcome, everyone, to Living Room Sports Talk here. McCauley, Zach Rothenberg. Look at this. We got the great Max Bordas here in the studio. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to get pumped tonight. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to fix my camera here. Look at this. I'm sliding around. I'm like, like the Blair Witch Project. Can you help me? Um, all right. But also, we got a great show for you. And, and Max, it's, it's great to have you in here. First time. First time Living Room guy, which we love. Thanks for having me. Appreciate oh, it. Dude, yeah, absolutely. We're pumped Always. to have you. And uh, it's cool. So, you know, it's funny. We, we always give a little backdrop on our, our guests. And you're just the, the common man who has a lot of great takes. And you you slave away in corporate America like like most. And right. and now you're here to, you know, talk some sports and, and get some good takes, in which we're really excited to have. That's that's it. I'm ready for it. <laughs> is this your start. podcasting debut, by the way? This is a podcast debut for me. Oh, now we're wow. talking. Oh, now we're talking. I'm ready to rumble. All right, let's do it. So I'll tell you, so we always, we got a great show lined up. So we'll talk a little bit about the Monday Night Football games, uh, MLB playoff uh, chase as well. And then we'll get some fun little stuff in there, a little show versus street. And then we, uh, we'll talk which NFL coach you'd want to room with. Uh, but we'll get to all that in a little bit later. Uh, but what we always do for our show, Max, as you know, uh, we do a little clickbait cleanup. Yes, we sir. grab a headline, an article, a story, a quote, something like that, which is complete malarkey. Uh, and we like to shed some light on it. So, so Zach, you want to take the honors? I feel like you're always a good leadoff hitter. Oh boy. Let's see. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so today there was a quote, uh, Isaiah Thomas came out and said that Kareem is the best NBA player of all time, but LeBron will be when he's done. And, you know, regardless of where you stand, MJ Kareem or LeBron, this is clearly bogus because Isaiah Thomas still has this beef from MJ, as we all saw from the last dance with the whole dream team situation. So you really can't take any of this seriously. And it's just, it's just someone trying to poke the bear and Michael Jordan and trying to stir the pot and get his name out there for the media. So it's just, uh, he's like Greg Jennings to the Packers, you know, stirring up that stuff with Aaron. Rodgers. You know, it is, it really true. is. Oh, it is. It's the exact same thing, but no, I mean, that let's, let's actually put it in a more relatable, like the better one. Uh, you're right. Dude. I mean, we all saw the last dance. Yeah, this is clearly just beef between the two guys. That's all it is. I mean, it's not like it's – listen, <clears throat> like I said, wherever you stand, LeBron, MJ, Kareem, it doesn't matter. But it's just because it's coming from Isaiah Thomas, it's just – it's personal. This isn't like a serious take in my opinion. Yeah. And for me personally, I'm a LeBron fan. So from mm. the Jordan side, <laughs> I don't have any bias towards it. But yeah. you can definitely see he's still a little butthurt, as they say, over that. So that's some blasphemy. That's <laughs> fun. We're going to have some fun, a little LeBron chatter tonight. I feel like that'll be fun. Oh yeah. So for, yeah, I feel like anyone joining the search, so we got Max. I, and I was saying this, Zach, uh, before I was saying to Max, I feel like if you had to pick someone, though, to represent the LeBron camp, like they want him because he'll actually make sense. I'm here for that. Correct. Right. Exactly. You know, he'll actually make some sense. I'd like to think that even though we're Jordan Kool-Aid drinkers, we'd like to make a little bit of sense. I'm kind of on the club milk team, by the way. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Closet woke guy. You've been saying that all. Oh, I, 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 yeah, I guess I'm low key the woke guy, but I'll I'll team up with Jordan just because my, you know, my, my, I don't have a country right now, but um, all right, but I'll tell you. So Max, you want to go next? Sure. Yeah. I mean, mine came today. Marcus Spears also from the same side, ex cowboy comparing Jameis Winston to Carson Wentz. Direct quote, how many times have we said Winston has looked like a top five QB when he's playing at a top level? I've never heard one person ever put him <laughs> the top 10 level. It's blasphemy. He's yeah. like he said, it's, it's the same jealousy level with the Cowboys Eagles. And, and just another guy that shouldn't be on TV talking at that point, because that's just a horrible comparison. You have Wentz, who's 32 and 26. You got Winston, who's 14 games under 500. At 28, 42, and, and he's never even made the playoffs. Best record, 9-7. 
wants his MVP season. He leads his team last year to the playoffs with an injury-ridden team. It's just not a comparison that I'm willing to, to listen for. You know, this might have just inspired a segment, Max. <laughs> I was sitting there as you were talking about Marcus Spears. First of all, you're right. He like When you actually have to go and make a list yeah. of like bottom five talents on TV yeah. – He's on the list. You got uh, oh yeah. I, I wish, I really wish that people could get held accountable for like the really poor takes. Um, they don't. And, and he's, you know, living a uh, uh, member of TV of that, but you know, like he, I remember, and I'm not trying to make this personal with the Packers, right? He was the guy saying that him and LaFleur, Rogers and LaFleur would never get along. Correct. They can't get along and that his career is going to be out the door and he'd be gone in a year or two, right? Like correct. he's an idiot. Right. And dude, like, it's like, talk a little bit more about LSU guy. <laughs> Come on. I mean, sorry, Zach. I know, I know hey, that's you're good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Ryan Clark in square dance down there in Baton Rouge. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous, you know, but to the segment point I was going to say is we should almost make like a top 25 or something like a top 10 or something rankings for clickbaiters. Like Justine Anderson's obviously like a, like a, like a blue chip. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Blue chip all the time. Joe Giglio and WIP. Like you, like you got your, 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 like your purebreds. We should do a bracket. That'd be fun, a clickbait bracket. Oh, yeah, we should totally do that. That'd be great. (laughs) Oh, now we're talking. Oh, look, we got all these number one fan already getting the chat going. I love this. So this is this is great. So um, I'll do it. Uh, Let me I'll kind of move it into the to the baseball circuits here for a second. So I I won't go too deep into it, too, just because we'll we'll talk a little more about baseball a little bit later on the show and the the playoff race, especially in the NL East. But um, I it's interesting. So my clickbait actually started as something and then now it's like migrating into something else. Mm-hmm. So, uh, or migrating to something else, I should say. Um, uh, but I know there's a lot of heat right now from the fan base about Matt Klintak and, and how he's handled the Phillies over the last few years. It's not good. Right. And then, and, and you see, so the clickbait I have pulled up, it's kind of, it's kind of goofy and I'm not, this is weird. Cause it's not me like trying to defend Matt Klintak, but um, you know, according to Clint Rosenthal, he's on the hot seat, blah, blah, blah. So he'll probably get fired at the end of the year. I think we all know that. But uh, – and I'll play this right too. So I'll play this clip for everybody um, because this is what Clentak said yesterday in regards to, to making that trade, giving up one of their top pitching prospects for, for real Muto and the, the possibility of them not getting him uh, past the two years that they had him. On a different topic, does Sixto's performance in Miami put – more pressure to get a deal done with J Tree, I, I mean, look, I think what I've said all along is, you know, we would we would love to have JT here, but when you make that when you make that trade, um, you know, you're trading for two years of control, and you know that. So, um, you know, Sixto looked really good against us. He's looked good this year, um, but you know, we've we've had two very productive years of JT as well. Uh, it's 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 I get it. It's tone deaf, and like I get that whole part. But here's what I'm actually going. With. So that was my original thing. I was gonna actually trash on him, be like, right, he's an idiot, and that wasn't actually giving my clickbait. The whole he's on the hot seat thing, right? But the reason why I used that as my clickbait was I want to spin this around. I saw a pretty good article by uh, Jack Fritz on, I guess, through WIP. It was on Radio.com that I was reading, uh, and it brought up two really good points. And it was essentially pointing out that you can you can say Clentax sucks because he does, which I agree with, but when you want to talk about the JT real Muto blunder that falls a little bit on a lot of it, all of it, if anything on Jonathan Middleton. Correct. Right. And, and his, his reasoning was the two points. One, he was saying, um, and this was kind of the main one in my opinion. Well, one, he basically in his press conference, right. When they, this past off season, I think it was when they were talking about, you know, who makes decisions and da, 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 he was saying 
big picture stuff, important pieces like Bryce Harper's, like I make that decision. Okay. That's me. Right. right. So I feel like JT falls in that category. So it's like, guy, where are you? And then the other point, the more important part with some more substance, I thought was right. We saw what the Phillies did with, with JT, with that whole arbitration thing. And I think they probably both thought that they, they were going into this like together and like the Phillies were like, all right, yeah, like we need you to take this pay cut so then we can like stay under the luxury tax, but we'll make sure we pay you next year, like that money. Right. And JT and all of them were like, no, no, we want like, I want it now. Yeah, and better, right. Better yeah. And the Phillies gambled, they lost. Yep. And, and now like, right. So, it, and now they're at a point where I don't think they're going to resign them. And I think that's on Middleton more than it is Clintac. And I agree with you. I, don't, I think the more they elongated this process, the, the less chance of the resigning. I mean, him coming on there, I listened to that earlier. It seems that he's very wholeheartedly, I don't want to say doesn't care, but it's not for the Remuto signing. Uh, I, I don't understand it. I think he's the best catcher in baseball personally, especially in the field. And, and he's been the most consistent hitter, especially last year for the Phillies from what I saw. Uh, I, I really can't make any means of it I, I don't understand it at all but I, it doesn't seem like he's coming back and I think that's gonna be a huge loss to the Phillies who do have some room to sign him so yeah it's a shame it's a shame Zach yeah. you're a Phillies fan I was gonna say you feel some type of way I was saying yeah it is a shame and I guess I have a little, little question to kind of throw a little curveball here oh boy intended is do you think Klintak gets gets slash deserves a pass because of this season only being 60 games and all that? No, okay. I don't. That bullpen sucks. Yeah, bullpen it sure sucks. He did nothing with it. It's been consistently bad throughout the whole year. And he's put himself in a position team-wise that they're struggling to make the playoffs. And when you and have their farm like system's this, atrocious. Have, yeah, and then you have games like this once in a while where starting pitching doesn't show up and, and you can't get runs. And, and that's going to happen once in a while games like this. But when you got those two run leads and they're blowing them consistently night in and night out, it's a problem. And you got to look to the top for that because it comes from the top. So while I know, understand, and I agree with you, Clintac doesn't make all the financial decisions and Middleton runs a lot of that. I don't see Middleton coming out a lot and, and talking like that and talking down almost on Real Muto saying, hey, if we lose him, we lose him, basically. And I, I don't understand that. So, it's weird. So while maybe the fingers shouldn't completely be pointed at him, he, he's asking for come to the media and talking almost down on their most consistent and best defender. Yeah, yeah. That's not a, not a morale booster, to say the least. So, no, it's not. professional. At least we got trust on the chat already. It's not trust. Um, but you know, it's by speaking of morale boosters, I mean, I, what, what, what better way to spin into to the Monday night football chatter, right? Last night, uh, the Raiders pretty convincing W over the Saints. What was it? Was the final 34, 24? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I thought, right. I'm, I'm so bad with like, remember, you know, I'm bad with scores. Like I'm always just, just cause you know, I'm always, it's a Packers anxiety, but, um, right. But yeah, I know it's, but anyway, uh, here we go. The way I look at this is, there's a lot, I think you can take from this game. Very and, and I'll start with this, and this was not my intention to start with this point moving into this part of the show, but when I was kind of writing out some notes for the Monday Night Football segment, I was thinking to myself, that's pretty good. I guess the Raiders, one and one I'm like, wait, no, they're 2-0. Two, they're two yeah, 2-0. Oh. Like, they're just like, oh, yeah, they're 2-0. Oh. So, so I guess we just kind of spit in. It's like, are, 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 they, are they for real? Well, I would say this, especially with your talk earlier, kind of starting the season can make or break you, but at the same time, 2-0 is just 2-0. Uh, I was thinking the same thing today. I'm, I'm right down on my computer, the Raiders for real. I started thinking, I just called bust on this one, kind of like the Bears talk that we had before. And I also think they could lose four straight here coming up, and that kind of puts the, the nail in the casket. They play the Patriots, they play the Bills, they play the Chiefs, and they play the Bucks. 
all in a row. I think they go 0-4. I think they get blown out by the Chiefs. They can <laughs> keep football offensively, and, and I think the Patriots hand them to them this week too. I think they're, they're dependent on tight ends, that, and I really don't think defensively they can stop anybody, even the hmm. 50-year-old Drew Brees last night. He looked horrendous, but we'll get on to that point later. But uh, <laughs> they go 2-4. I think they end up around 7, 9, 8, and 8, and then they have see it's not going to cut it. Well, and you know, it's funny because I was looking at their schedule too, and I'll add to that. So you went at New England, Bills at home, at Kansas City, Bucks. And you're right. That's that's tough. That's really tough right there. And then the next two games are – I'm going to put it this way. They're not easy. No. At the Browns, at the Chargers. Like that's – neither of those are particularly enjoyable with that pass rush of the Browns and the Char- – or, or of the – well, I mean, reason not to believe in them, especially we're going to talk about the Raiders after the way they play against the Chiefs. I thought defensively they looked good, and I think they got a little belief, a little energy through Herbert there. Yeah, and we were talking Absolutely. about that yesterday, dude. Like, they got to start him. Yep, they got to start great. him. look nah, great. You can't go yeah. back now. You can't And did back. you see – can we actually talk about this? Because I didn't have this in my notes. Can we talk real quick? We'll do like a little AFC West chatter here for a right. second. Um, Anthony Lane kind of just like dragging him in the mud. Yeah. Which was a little weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, not- I don't – I also think it was maybe a little bit Twitter being a little emotionally dramatic. I mean – Yeah. It's not like what he said was the meanest thing in the world. I think what he just said that he had things – he had a lot of things he could work on. He's a typical running back head coach, so he'll, he'll get used to it. But yeah, exactly. It's not. The, I don't. I never got that either. As a rookie QB, I and mean, I don't know why you try to bring him down all the time. Like you're talking with Tom Brady with Bruce Arians, where it ends up not mattering. Like that's a big deal to a rookie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Head coach after a start where you almost beat the defending Super Bowl champs and probably should have. Should have absolutely. Some clutch plays and why? Why do you draft? Yeah. Why do you draft him in the top ten if uh, you know, <laughs> he goes yeah. out there and? puts out, you know, puts out for the team. And then you just say, Oh no. All right. That's enough. You're going to back on the bench. I, I just, I don't get it. It's very, again, very contradicting. Not that's around, right. it that's a sense. really stupid call. I you know it's fine. I'll actually get to what we'll get to more of this actually. Cause it's funny. I have a little, little curveball at the end of the show for you. Um, but with Anthony Lynn, but uh, to that point, let's look let's go back to the Raiders here for a second. Right. So they look, they look pretty damn good though. I mean, the, the run game looks sound. Yep. They, Derek Carr looked okay. Pretty good. Yep. Right. And and I think for anyone that missed the missed the story, right? The Raiders were kind of sleepwalking the first quarter, and then bang, second quarter woke up. They, the Saints defense couldn't stop them. Nope. So right, so that I mean, it was it was an interesting game, yeah. right? I, sure. it, let me. We kind of did this a lot yesterday, Max, on our show. I feel like this is another one of these games. Is this more about the Saints losing, or is this more about the Raiders winning? I think personally, it's more about the Saints. I think coming in this season, I personally did not expect to see this aged breeze yet, at least. I thought he stole a lot in him. Uh, I, I don't think they got one pe- pla- uh, excuse me pass completed after 30 yards yesterday. So I, don't, I, don't, I can't see him getting the ball downfield. I know Michael Thomas is out, which hurts him, but I, they weren't consistent. He didn't look great. No one besides Kamara looks great. And you play against a good team that's just scouting him and eyeing him they're going to have trouble. I, I, they, he didn't show me much in that defense, which I thought going into was a pretty solid defense, kind of like the offense fell apart after the first quarter. Just absolutely fell apart. Lattimore didn't look great. Jenkins looked like a lost puppy. Oh yeah. From a Philly fan in years. Um, they just did not look good, especially from a leadership side and in Jenkins and Lattimore defense and breeze didn't show me anything besides that one drive that ended up being meaningless that he was drew breeze anymore. So I think that's more on, a wake-up call. Saints might not be as for real as we expected coming in this year. So I have a super hot take for you, Zach. Ready? Oh, uh, oh look at this. Yeah, you got to hope the Packers win on Sunday. Yeah, you got to hope they win on Sunday night against Saints. But 
Um, I'm going to come in with a hot take for you, right? Get your mitt out. Uh, so I feel like this Saints defense, and I'm and I get you know the common denominator, like the staple to why I'm thinking this, but I think it staples there and keeps going. They remind me of like that Giants defense from like the games we went to. What was that, 2015? Like Ben McAdoo's first year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The 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 OBJ boat game year, like that game. That year. Not that yeah, right. But like the like Janoris Jenkins is like, you know, kind of like your 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 headline act in your secondary. Um, yeah, like snacks, I believe, right? Like, yeah, like Olivia Vernon. Like, you have like names that were fun, and they were not bad, but at the same point, then it's like there's those moments like, oh damn it, like. They're not playing as well as I thought they would. It's like, yeah, it's because they're kind of made of glue and paper mache right. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I, hey, I'm catching that take. That's a spot on in my opinion. Yeah. That's a great comparison. You know, um, my biggest and not to change the, from off your please take, no, that's what we're here my, for. My biggest takeaway from the game was I thought Gruden just outcoached Sean Payton to be honest with you, and I, I agree too. And, and I think him deciding to kick that 53 yard field goal, which I don't know if some coaches might not have done that, but he believed in his kicker and. Dan Carlson put it right through the uprights and that sealed the deal right there. We've seen so many questionable calls in that situation, but he didn't even blink and, you know, he just knew that he would make it. And, and he's got that team believing. He's got that team believing. Yeah. I mean, you see post game, everyone, everyone in there. I mean, they look, they look ready to rumble. So, I mean, from that side of things, it looks great. And I think, I think he's right. I think he did get out coach. Payton got out coach last night, straight up. Mm-hmm. I think he did a good job again. Waller, outside find a weakness oh yeah smaller safeties and corners and just let them go one-on-one Peyton and the defensive coordinator didn't change to it just and they just kept letting it happen you open that up then you have Jacobs running the ball when you open them up that much at the linebackers playing back in his zone, five yards a pop and and that's what Peyton got away with with Kamara they were running the rock in the first half opened up a little passes across the middle and and little uh dishes to Kamara but I think they got away with that <clears throat> got away with it in the second half and and they just didn't give him the ball as much as they should have. And I think uh, Gruden did a great job getting his playmaker the ball. Yeah. And, and I thought the Saints did, or sorry, I thought the Raiders did a good job of having methodical drives that were seven minutes long, eight, right? Like that, like really chewed up the clock and got the Saints yep. in that funk of the, that, you know, that's how you got to throw Drew Brees off his rhythm. And, but let me ask you this, guys. So I, I'm not trying to be like that, that guy the next day and have like that take, but I'm, this is more of just asking the question and, and you can take it for what, like anything that it's worth. Uh, is there anything to this idea that maybe like, and my thought has been right. The saints band has been together for a while. After a while you are, you have a book on you. Like they're like, you slowly start to crumble. And I personally felt like that moment in the NFC title game where that the whole pass interference thing, right. That that was going to be the beginning of the tumble backwards. And I further, like I strengthened that belief when I saw them lose to the Vikings wildcard weekend. Yeah. 13 and three team. I'm like, yeah, but they didn't win that game. Yeah. Like, if you're that good of a team, you blow them out at home and you say, all right, we should have had the Bible, whatever, right? Like, they didn't do that. They lost. And I think they're going to kind of keep regressing. And I could see this being more than just like a one night bad game. Yeah, nothing good. It doesn't, nothing lasts forever, right? So I think, I think you're hitting the nail right on the head. This is towards that time where they're just starting to hit their peak and, and come, and <clears throat> come over the hump. I mean, especially with, with Michael Thomas hurt. I mean, we like that was a huge issue for them yesterday, which you have to learn how to do that. And Emmanuel Sanders had one catch for like 18 yards. Like what? Okay. You don't you got the number two receiver and you, you put that stat line out there, you know, yeah, Jared Cook didn't catch. do a whole lot. Traquan Smith had a nice game. He did. Yeah, he did. I mean, 
the whole offense was basically Alvin Kamara. I mean, what, Smith, that's it. Yeah, he had what seventy nine rushing yards, two touchdowns, and he had almost a hundred receiving yards. So he was the workhorse the, the whole night for them. Oh right? yeah, you can't win on a one man band like that. No, and it, it will be interesting to see. Right, I think that that matchup uh, shifting my like biases around. Right, we talked about before we jumped on the Packers have their flaws on defense, yep. especially with giving up home run plays. So at, this is I'm a Packers fan, obviously. Right, like so I'm a little bit nervous about this. Yeah. Right, like as a, you know, like they like I said, if there's a game that the Saints could like. This is going to be a good litmus test, I think, actually for both teams. Because if the Saints' defense is that bad, Aaron Rodgers will light them up, and I think if the Packers' defense is that bad, Drew Brees will light them up. Yep. Well, I just I think personally, right now, Rodgers is is playing a lot better football, and he doesn't have that age look to him. I don't know. I, I I think he's making the right reads. I think he's clicking with Fleur. I think everything on all cylinders offensively is just hitting for them. I mean. They you look like year two over 30 a game. I mean, they're just their run game looks good. They're, and you got Jones on the backfield who can catch the ball great, which is great for Rodgers, who escapes a lot. I think offensively look great. And I think defensively, I'm taking the Packers D over the New Orleans D. And I, before last night, I don't think I would have said that personally. Ooh, all right. There you go. All right. Now, let me ask you guys this. So let, let's look at the scene schedule. Okay. So they got the Packers next at home on Sunday football. Then they're at the Lions, home against the Chargers. Home against the Panthers, at the Bears, at the Bucks, 49ers at home, Falcons at home. And I kind of like doing like an eight games because you kind of feel the waves a little bit of the schedule. You know what I mean? It's not too intense, but it's like it's a little bit of a wave. Right. Yeah. I could see five wins out of that stretch. I see five. I think they get four. Yeah. I yeah. See, I can see that. Because originally I was I was going to be optimistic and say five or six, but I think five is more realistic or so, four, like you're saying. Yeah. So they're five and five, six and four. Something at the turn, five. kind of. A little yeah. bit past the turn. Yeah. Like I, I think the Panthers and the Bears are easy wins, in my opinion. Um, but it doesn't help if it's at Soldier Field. Like that's tough. That doesn't help. At the Lions is not fun. But then they, like I said, they could beat the Packers at home. Like on like they they should win their home. Like you should beat the Chargers, right? You should beat the Panthers. 49ers, I don't even know if they're going to have anyone left by that Well, game. that's another thing, too. And and they already beat the Bucs once. I know it was week one, and they're still getting their feet, you know, wet and everything. Uh, you know, it's hard favorite. to be a team twice. It's hard you to know be a that too. team twice, man. That's a good really point. Good. That's true. So, well, we'll see. All right, I'll tell you, let me – I thought there was one other thing I wanted to – oh, yeah, got to give a little props to the to the Waller bet being a lock yesterday. What would we say? It was 49 and a half. What do you, what do you end up over 100 receiving 100 yards? And, and, uh, 103. 12 yeah. catches. Gotta love that. Gotta yeah, the love second it. closest receiver only had like three catches, and Waller had twelve. Like that's how just one sided it was. It, yeah. And of course, as a fantasy, I still didn't even put a dent in how much <laughs> I was going to lose by. Um, all right, but I'll tell you, put, speaking of putting a dent in, are the Phillies are. Oh my god, dude, they're losing this one now. Wow. Um, yeah. So, all right, I'll tell you. Without further ado, let's let's talk a little MLB playoffs, right? Um, all right, so I'll tell you, let's uh you want to talk NLRL first. What are you guys feeling? Let's let's go AL first. Get uh, let's do a little AL action. Okay, so I'll pull up the race real quick. I'm not gonna sit here and act like we all knew this because we didn't, but Tampa Bay, I don't think anyone was surprised that they were gonna have a solid season with how good their pitching was that everyone was talking about before the season. Yeah. Um, the real surprise I think is the White Sox, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Oakland just won their division. Good for them. That could have been our Mojo Monday. Um, good yeah. for them for winning that uh, in the AL West. Not that I'm an A's fan, but yeah, just it's just nice to see a little nice story. Then the Twins, right? They're you know they're they're hanging in there. There's two spot in the Central. Then you got the Yankees, obviously holding the second spot in the East, uh, and then Houston holding the second spot in the West. And then you got Cleveland and Toronto as the wild card teams with 
probably that's it. I mean, sure, Seattle and LA are sort of in the neighborhood, but they're not. I don't think they're going to catch them. Uh, so I guess biggest takeaways from that from the AL one. How I mean, you look at that. It's always I just feel bad for the Twins. I feel like they always play the Yankees the first round, just get their ass kicked. Yeah, <laughs> the Yankees have been so hot and cold this year. You know, you don't know what you're going to get for that for that while. No, that's race, true. If that's you know what it ends up being. But what um what do you feel? I even think like a, like a Jays Rays first series would be kind of fun. It's like all bets are off. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect the Blue Jays to make the playoffs. I mean, I don't think anyone really, really did, to be honest with you. And the and the Rays can wrap up the AL East tonight. They win. So, I mean, you know, it'd be interesting to see just, you know, kind of how the AL shakes out. Is there anything you really like coming out of there? Not much, honestly. I, I don't feel confident taking any of them to ride with. Um, no, nah, I, I really don't. Yeah. I mean, my take would be pretty, pretty basic. I mean – just because of the talent the Yankees have, I would say them because if they get hot, they can just you know move yeah. through everyone. But that's pretty pretty generic take, I would say. Um, I lo- I would love to see the White Sox do it because for them to be the two seed, I mean we Kieran, we made how many times have we made fun of the White Sox and they're friends? oh yeah like that's <laughs> the poster child team you like you mock like <laughs> yeah well like the other day when we first started talking about the playoff race we we're like whoa wait the White Sox like they were oh, yeah. number one at that time now they're I guess they're second but yeah right there. And, and it's funny, right? Because I think, and Max, to your point, kind of like the, the whole, like, I don't know, like kind of like how I feel about this. Look, let me look at this bracket. So how are you supposed to really feel strong about Tampa Bay, the White Sox, the A's, the Twins? Like, yeah. Those are your top four seeds. Like, I mean, are you like, those are teams that I feel like all the time you've ever like kind of just wanted to pull for. They always get knocked out like right away. Like is it that wild card game or like whatever, right? Like the Royals were kind of the anomaly when they won and went to the World Series back-to-back years. Uh, but right, like there's little – and the Marlins, I guess, have done in the past and the Diamondbacks and a few other teams obviously have done it. But like you never really feel good. Like you, you want like a, like a purebred, like the, the Cardinals, the Giants, and the NL, and like right and then the Yankees and right, like, on the, like, the AL side. And it's like, you know – it's just a little like so, and I'm not. That's not me discrediting any of those teams. I'm not saying they're not good. I'm more just saying I think if you're just kind of not showing up to the party now, but if you like are looking at this, you're like I don't know who I'd pick. I think the Rays are legit. They kind of struggled out of the gate the first week, but but outside of that, they've been they've been lights out. Yeah, pitching wise, I mean, there's they're as good as it gets. Honestly, I think pitching, I take maybe the Dodgers over them just because their pen's been so strong. But I mean, you bring that kind of pitching into the playoffs. We we've, we've seen in the past how how dominant that can be, and and it allows teams to get a couple of those wins when they can't score runs very efficiently, whether it be three or two, get those three, one, three, nothing wins. So I think you got to give them some credit and give them some chance. Um, I do see problems of them playing somebody like the Yankees, like we talked about who have been very hot and cold, like Zach said, but you get those backs, that's going to the playoffs and it's, it's so long. I mean, I think the only team that can keep up with them is the Dodgers who have been absolutely phenomenal as we all know, but, and they AL can hit wise, with them too. AL wise, I, I can't see anybody keeping up with that offense remotely if they get semi going. Like, they yeah, have. I mean, they won twelve out of last fourteen, I believe. I mean, they're putting a lot of runs on the board. I know they scored twenty some the one night and then came back with fourteen the next, which is unheard of. <laughs> it's so, insane. Yeah. You get yeah. Stanton healthy, you get Judge healthy, and you get some somewhat good pitching. You get game one out of Cole, who we know who can be in the playoffs. Yeah, they're built to, to win a playoff they're series. They're built to win a playoff series, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. And that's, I feel like that's one of the things. You got to look at teams who won the most series, right? Yep. 
Like yeah. it's not about who's been like me the hottest team. It's who's right. been able to win like two out of three, two out of three. We talked about three. the A's, the Twins, these teams that were like, hey, they're sleepers. They've been solid teams all year. But then we talk playoffs about winning that series. And when it comes down to and you're just going game by game instead of looking at double headers for seven, seven. Yeah, exactly. We're like the next day, you know, locked in, say, I got to win this game. I got to win four games. It, it comes down to mano y mano. I'm putting this pitcher against this pitcher. It, it comes. It's a different it's, breed. It's a, lot, it's a lot smaller picture you're zoning in on, and I think they can't handle that. It's such a different breed of baseball, I feel like. Yeah. I will say, though, I think the Twins take the Central over the White Sox before this is over, though. I like the way the Twins Ooh, are. Ooh, all right. Ooh, yeah, they are getting hot. That's a good point. They're getting hot, and I think, Zach, you might know, I think they're two, two and a half, three games back maybe. Yeah, it's close. Seven left. I, I could see them winning five out of seven or so, and, and maybe, uh, yeah. maybe taking it. I, I like the Twins. That's a good one. I, the whole vibe I get from the AL is like it's almost like it's anyone's, it's anyone's you know yep. race in my in my I opinion. Agree. But then when you look at the National League, I feel like there's you can you can pinpoint probably three or four that you would say all right, it's one of the it's in this group out of the eight. One hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'll say yeah. So let's pull up the NL. So um, this is a crapshoot. I feel like yeah. a little bit more, a little bit more uh, murky. It's a hazy IPA. Um, but all right. So yeah, the Dodgers obviously look great. Like you said, Max, their bullpen's been lights out. The Cubs have been strong, coming pretty strong. strong, coming on yeah. strong. For sure. Yeah. And the Bra- I mean, the Braves are, they're just kind of, they're just steady. They're, they're, they, they are who they are yeah. kind of, they are who we thought they were. Right. And they can wrap up the division tonight. They beat the Marlins, uh, which I guess is going on right now. And then San Diego, I mean, good God, if there's ever a team that could have won a division that like, they're that. They're that poster child of a team that's like, well, I don't know why they didn't win the division. Oh, it's because they put yeah. the Dodgers. Like, right? Like, yeah. they could have won a division. Be in uh, that division. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They're the, uh, the Chiefs from a couple of years ago. They yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, all right, so they got the Marlins uh, holding that second spot in the East, which I guess is obviously a bit of a surprise. But they've had some pretty young pitching. Uh, Cardinals, they're kind of just. They just love hanging out on the five hundred line, around, man. They just love being in the in the pile. Get in and then just oh yeah, just kind of get in there, get in the mix. And then oh yeah, got trust the Yanks fan. And uh, and then we got so then but looking at the seven seats, we got Cincinnati's. They're dude, they're hot. They are hot, hot, really hot. Um, I would not want to see them in the first round. And and then you got the Phillies who are kind of the Phillies really are the not Phillies, hot, man. which is they're down six position to get in, and and they got seven games left, and they just seem to. No, you letting it go here now, which is upsetting coming from a Phillies well, fan. But why can't at the end they? Of the day, they're getting murked by guys like Annabelle Sanchez. Oh, yeah. It's it's beyond me, and it just goes back to the whole point. At the end of the day, they make it in, which they still could. Obviously, there's still a possibility with a loss tonight that they get in at that eight or seven. But with their bullpen, where where do I find excitement in late games? And and how many times do you see freeze from the Cardinals come up and make these big time hits against? solid relievers oh yeah yeah, yeah. And then with guys crushing bangs over their head from 10 minutes before they go in i, I just don't see any hope that and late night I... you have nola who's been extremely in- inconsistent his last three outings sadly and wheeler's been good but i don't know how good that pit that hand holds up i don't know how bad that is and after that it's a, it's a humongous drop off with and Eflin's looked okay but do you trust him in the playoffs as your third and and Velasquez is Velasquez. He'll he'll give you hey you score more than five runs and and we we got a chance at this. <laughs> yeah, he lasted <laughs> four or five innings too. So. Yeah, and the trust throwing some love out to the to the Philly teams. Not so much a Mets guy though. So hey, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. We're in all these people. We're not we're not we're not on the Mets either. So you know. So hey, 
you know, kudos to the Marlins though and to you. I think yeah. it was yes, extremely sure. unexpected, but they took, I think personally, they took advantage of the short season. I think if it's elongated, I think their chances go slimmer, slimmer down. I don't know how you feel about that K-Mac, but I think they stuck in there. Their young pitchers have been good and they consistently score runs. You like even if they lose games, they're still scoring three. You don't see a lot of times where you look up there and they're down four nothing in the ninth. Like they just oh yeah. And the, that's not something we saw coming in. You look at their lineup. I don't 100%. know where you find it. I don't know where you find it, but they're getting it done. So kudos to them. It had the pitching, although they've been slowly kind of putting it together with some starting pitching. You're right. The, the hitting has never been there. Right. Um, and, you know, the thing is, I'm not trying to like, sit there and be like, oh, my God, let's just keep talking about the Marlins. But <laughs> but I will say this. I, I think they deserve a lot of props for for having a sit. You, you know, right, you win two out of three in Philly, and everyone's like, uh, but like then you have to sit, like, for a week and a half, like, while your entire team has COVID – yeah. Right, and you have to go through the media dragging, and you're sitting basically bunker down in a hotel, wondering if you're going to get it. Right, yeah. then you get on a plane, or then you get on a bus, then you go to Baltimore, then you go to like you, they were on the road for. Not to mention they were on the road for like a spring training series against before they played the Phillies, so they were literally on the road for over a month. Yeah, right. They somehow find a way to stay in first place, getting back home. So I think not to and to that point, the whole team having COVID, they basically and, and this is not me taking a shot at the Phillies, but it's more a shot at Matt Clentak. Derek Jeter built a bullpen off the street. Right. I mean, he literally was grabbing guys off the street and saying, like, just pitch it in and just give me your best inning, right? And then he come the next day. Like, it was like – Playing money ball. Exactly. And, and that's why I almost look at the Phillies and I say to myself with Matt Clentak a little bit now, I'm almost going against what I said earlier in the show. But, like, when it comes to the moves he's made with this bullpen, how you can really grade him tough is you look at it and be like, other teams are doing it. It's that Gettleman thing that I was saying to you earlier, Zach. It's the it's the Pied Piper of everyone saying, like, oh, well, he's got a plan. He's yeah. got a plan, and it's going to work. And it's just like, dude, dude you're not <laughs> winning games. Yeah. Like, That's it's not. Problem, though. It, it was so elongated. Like, this wasn't – this just didn't happen the last 10 games where there's nothing I could do now, hands up. I mean, this has been going on since the start, and they had a chance to bring some people in. They bring in Phelps, who's subpar, n- nothing that's going to change a bullpen around. And if anything – it's been worse. I think they've lost more games since, since then. I think they've lost games that were definitely more meaningful early on, especially in the shortened season that they're up two runs. And I mean, you get a bullpen like that where their ERAs in the eights and thirteens and it just skyrockets. It's, uh, it's comical. I mean, I can't tell you how many games I'm watching. They're up three, one in the, in the seventh and, and Nola comes out and, and they blow it in, in two innings. It's, it's sad. It's, it's one of those things where you just like, you just want to turn it off when you see a starting pitcher go out almost because you just know what's going to happen. You just don't want to admit it. So, but kudos to the Marlins. I think yeah. they did a great job playing money ball personally. And I think they put themselves in a position where they're, they're far from the favorite going into this thing. But I think they're at the point now where, especially the shortened season, they got absolutely nothing to lose. Nobody in the, in the stands, they're just playing baseball. And, and as we know, anyone can get hot and win. Cardinals have done it multiple times. Like you said, Marlins have done it before. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting a little giddy about it. You got me excited now here, Max. Now, yeah. let me ask you. So, uh, it's funny because I was looking at that. Yeah, but they have a – yeah. <laughs> but they outside, they got they got a murderous road. They had to go against San Diego in that first round. And looking at some of these matchups, I found it intriguing because you got one, two, three, four, five of the opening um, eight, like, matchups are division-on-division games. Wow. So that's pretty wild. The only ones that aren't are Dodgers, Phillies, Marlins, Padres, uh, and uh, – or sorry, I'm sorry, it's four. Four on each. So four are and four aren't. Um, so basically the ones that are, maybe I'll just do it that way for you, right? <laughs> Tampa and uh yeah, Braves and Jays, and then you got A's and Astros, 
Cleveland and uh, Chicago, and then Chicago and Cincinnati. So I mean, it's uh, I, it's it's gonna be interesting. I think that I think that completely makes it just great baseball. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now, also, all right, so let me ask you this. So I found it funny. Did you guys see that story about the guy from Boston that snuck in? Yes, I saw, I saw the video. That was wild. Did you see that, Zach? No, no. Let me uh, – I'm going to play this clip for everyone, that, for anyone that didn't see it, because uh, I love following uh, John Boy on Twitter and all that, like his baseball breakdowns. But uh, – so he did it for, for this, just the whole, um, like, I guess, like what happened and kind of like put subtitles on and mic'd it up. got into the ballpark oh man we're just like talking about that in the background just as the clip was going on the nerf football in left field just kills me um and he might have had a few budweiser's before before hopping that fence but one or two yeah we had a few yeah 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 you know hey double fist in on tuesday but that's all right um well it's funny because i was thinking to myself I, I've not never done that, but I, I've always said like, I, it's not, I've snuck into some venues before just, you know, off season or whatever, but just taking pictures and stuff, Cameron indoor. There's been a few. Um, yeah, but uh, it's not that I always joke around. I'm going to obviously be like that, like scummy person, try to like, you know, go into a game or something like that. And right. But like, and, but the way I look at it is if there's one place you just want to try to sneak into something, like and I, I didn't even tell you guys this, so I'm kind of throwing this on the fly. Is there a place you'd like say, "Screw it, I want to try to sneak in and see it"? And it can be—it doesn't even have to be during a game. It can be like it, whatever you want. You just have to pick something, some venue in sports that you want to sneak into and see for whatever reason. Oh wow, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, I join you to go first. I mean, mine's probably Fenway to be honest with you. Really? See, I, I yeah. was thinking that one too a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I, that's like one of the, my next places I really want want to get to. So I feel like it's pretty generic, but. I haven't been there yet. So. Now, have you have you been like to Boston and like outside of it at all? No, I've never. I've, the furthest north I've been is Connecticut. So, uh, oh, really? It's it's cool. I've been running around it. upstate New York, but not. Yeah, I've never I've been. Never like, been to Boston either. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a really cool city. I was there for a wedding a few years ago, and so it's funny. Actually, at the day after the wedding, I woke up and went for like a run before our flight, and I went running around Fenway and stuff. It's cool. It's I mean, oh, it's nice. neat. it's 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 kind of like uh, they're trying to build a kind of like what Wrigleyville is. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, that's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Max? You got one? You know, I'm putting you on the spot here. <laughs> there's a very, uh, I would say, with the new stadiums out in LA and, and mm. the Vegas, those would be pretty cool to sneak into. I think you'd find some cool stuff in the new scenery there. Uh, yeah. That'd that's be a good, a good one. one. But no, I, I think I'd have to go Fenway. I don't want to be a copycat, but that's something I definitely yeah. want to go. And there's some history there. And um, I think I'd have to pick that. I, I think another corny one would be Super Bowl Live. Somehow sneak in there. That's a, that's a, I was thinking that one too. That's a legendary story. I know they, I remember, I think it was two years. It was the Rams Patriots Super Bowl. The one kid snuck in there and a video of it. It's unbelievable. Could you imagine? That's so cool. Yeah, I, I, I don't think, it, I mean, for the Super Bowl, it's an ultimate feat. Oh, look at the chat's been in there to, doing a little behind the scenes tour of Fenway. Oh, I can't imagine what that would have been like. That must have been yeah. just awesome. That's awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. Touring the monster and stuff. Uh, it's funny. So mine's a little generic. So I, I kind of went like 
180. I did SEC football game. Like, let me get in there because, like, here's what I thought. The reason why I didn't do Super Bowl. Yeah, like, because the reason why I didn't do Super Bowl means because I, I figured it showed everything about that would be expensive. So if I'm down there risking it, like, at least with an SEC football game, I could just tailgate, feel the liquid courage to try to, sl- like, slip in there. And then it's just, you know, for better or worse, it happens. Like, that's, that's the way it's kind of the math I was doing if I had a, you know, yeah, SEC sneak in. Little slap, slap on the wrist, you know. Yeah, 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 a little or, southern slap on the wrist. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, over my little, little Oxford shirt in there. Yeah, right. Yeah, if you have Super oh. Bowl, you'll probably get arrested. So. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. The kind of like a swat, just like, okay. oh yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I. So I'll tell you. Let me let, let's move into to the NBA and NHL playoffs a little bit. There's, there's some good stuff there. Uh, can I ask you guys a question though? Because I was sitting there writing the notes out. I won't. I won't lie. I don't actually have like a ton of them for me. I feel like you guys have a lot of good stuff, uh, and it's not, not, not that I'm just gonna say it. But like, go do the segment, guys. Have fun. Enjoy it. Uh, no, but really, because here's my driving point, and I can kind of like keep going from there. Uh, but I, I thought to myself, on a scale of one to ten, and and because to me, actually, my answer is the same. It's a one for both, just to kind of push it in here. But like, like, how much entertainment do you find watching these with your team out? And I'll add the caveat: like, see, football, right? You could put any NFL game on; I'll sit there and I'll watch it. I don't care what day of the week it is; I don't care what time it is; I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. I can't really do that. Hence, the one on my scale for what's going on right now. I really haven't watched. I, I, I know just enough to like speak on it, but that's about it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so me. So. As a Knicks fan, <laughs> we have been in the playoffs. <laughs> I haven't had a promising year in quite some time, to say the least. So, you know, but anyway, back to the <laughs> – so for me, with, with the NBA, I, I'll give it like a three. Um, I don't really follow – I used to follow along pretty hard and then just kind of lost interest over the last couple of years. Um, I still follow the Knicks, obviously, but, you know, and I'm not necessarily the biggest LeBron fan, but I will say watching LeBron is pretty fun. It's it's You got to just sit back and enjoy – while, while we have him playing the game, somewhat of his talent, et cetera. So I, I'll give it, a, I give that a three, honestly. And um, for the, I like watching, you know, teams like the Celtics and the Heat battle it out too. Uh, Cause they're two gritty teams with a lot of like good role players and just similar That's style cool. basketball, you know, and uh, it's not like the teams everyone thought would be in, you know, like the Bucks, for example. So I give NBA a three. It's pretty low, even though I made it sound like I was and- and I want to stitch it to you. I'm almost going to make both of you when you answer to say the other one. The same NHL, same thing. Stanley Cup, one one tie right now. Um, see, I'm actually a free agent right now. I don't. I haven't really followed hockey too long, and I'm and I'm, I'm on the search for a team to start rooting for. So uh, I'm actually probably like a four with hockey. I'll give a slight edge. So you've been watching the Stanley Cup a little bit, huh? I've been following along more than I have in the last 15 years. <laughs> 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 What about you, Maxie? Um, for me, uh, NBA-wise, I'd, I'd probably give it around seven or eight. I kind of what Zach said in the way. I'm a huge LeBron guy. So even in the down years of the so-called process, as the Sixers fans call it, oh. I've been full LeBron. And, and as we know, he seems to make the finals every year besides one when he's healthy. So I've been all bored on, on basketball for a long time because, one, I like it. And, two, like I said, LeBron is always somewhere in the mix there. And, and I, I have found it fun, like I was telling you before, uh, we started this podcast, came back. It's been nice kind of hearing the players. I think that's the one sport where I've enjoyed uh, the sound being on. I think you've been able to hear the NBA a lot. Some, some, mic, think, some uh, hot mics. Right. I think uh, for people that have been watching, uh, a big take not to get too far into the NBA, but 
I think it's really starting to show how these teams that like the Clippers with all this talent stuff, if you don't have winners, you can't do anything. You got George who's been knocked out by LeBron every, every year and, and give it, you have Kawhi who, who's won uh, in a league where they ended up playing a clay and Durant list warriors and, and they beat an okay bucks team. I'll give them that with another team with no playoff experience for the most part. And you're just, <laughs> you're right. You're right. No, really. and, the, and the Sixers, you suck. Right. And then, and, yeah. and guess what? At the end of the day, and, and that's another thing you're learning from the Sixers side of it, big ball now just isn't going to get it done if you don't have shooters. And the Sixers are a prime example of it. And you can't win games in the NBA anymore like that. So I think the big take from I've watched basketball so far is it, this year's just really showing, listen, like you can put anybody with anybody, but if they're not winners, you can't get it done. I mean, look at the Lakers. You got Danny Green, who's was an absolute star. The year the Spurs won it with them. You got Rondo, who's been there multiple times with the Celtics. LeBron, LeBron, Howard's had some playoff runs in Orlando. You got to give him that. And they got a bunch of pieces that that are that been there and are doing it. And then you got AD, who granted hasn't done much in the playoffs, but he's given me no reason or any idea that he hasn't because he's been lights out. And I, I don't see anybody getting his way that's going to be able to stop him dropping 30 a night. I don't see anybody beating the Lakers. But I'd probably say around an eight. And from the NHL side, um, I haven't followed the Dallas Lightning. Granted, there's been other games like the NBA I've been watching when they're playing, kind of like last night. Um, I still keep up with it. I, I, I want to make sure the Islanders got out because – Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that team played blue line to blue line. But, um, no, I, I'd probably go around to six now with NHL before that. I, I mean, we had the Flyers, of course, K-Max, so it was electric to say the least. But it was fun. It was a fun little ride. They're young. I love AB. I think they're by far the most promising team in in Philly. I'd, I'd put a lot of money that they win any championship for anybody. Let granted, the Sixers could make a lot of changes that need to, and that could change yeah, things. But as of now, they're so screwed. As dude. of now, you got you got the Phillies who have no bullpen and are consistent hitting and aren't healthy with Hoskins out. And then you got the Sixers who are absolutely screwed right now with big men with absolutely no shooters, none, and. You got the Flyers that I think could make an ease, a run for the next 10 years every single year with way Carter Hart's playing. You get a good coach. Those two alone will get you stuff. And then you got young defensemen who are great in Sanheim and Myers and Provy. And, and you got a lot of offensive talent, too. That's by far, I think, the best team in Philadelphia right now. And that comes with management, too. Yeah. And I Chuck Fletcher's done a nice job. Fletcher's done a very good job, and the farm system's by far better than anything the Phillies have, to say the oh, least. There's, no. there's just so bad. I keep reading about how bad and depleted yeah. it is. Um, but I'll tell you, speaking of, well, I was going to say bad and depleted. Uh, all right, let's say, you know, all of a sudden you need a, a new apartment or something, right? Right. But you can't afford it. Person says, oh, that's okay. The NFL bubble, hypothetically, in the world is here. One of the NFL coaches needs to room with you. So this is a silly little segment, but I was thinking about it. If you had to pick one NFL coach to room with, who would it be and why? Zach, you leave that off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to go with uh, with Andy Reid, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, so me as a person, I, I like both, like the, the, the nightlife, but I also like kind of just chilling and, and you know, watching TV or you know, eating some wings or whatever. And I feel like Andy Reid would be a hell of a partner to just sit on the couch, 
get eat some burger. Some, yeah, eat a burger. Just some great commentary on some whether barbecue. it's a movie <clears throat> or a, or a sports game. I just feel like he'd be great comedy. I feel like he'd be the guy who who'd want to whip out you know Mario Kart or something and have a good time. So have a hell of a lot of stories too. Some like, beer, yeah, absolutely. He's I think that'd be good. Well, he doesn't. I would imagine. I don't. I mean, I don't want to say he doesn't drink. I don't know, but I would just say right. But well, he can have birch beer, and I'll have. Yeah, yeah there you go. Whatever you so, choose. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So I, I just feel like it'd be some. A lot, of, a lot of laughs, needless to say. Yeah, there would be. It'd be jolly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A jolly night. I think I uh, would have gone Andy Reid as well with Zach, but I will change it. Shout out Frank Tranzilli giving me this idea. Mike Vrabel. Oh, oh, I like that. Listen, younger guy. I think he pounds some back with me, unlike my boy Andy. Not as many Philadelphia stories and love there, but I think he's a young, hype guy. Used to be a defensive guy, so you know, he's got a little energy there. And I think he, I think that's a sleeper one. I, the table, so that is a sleeper one. That's that such one. a good one, Max, dude. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause you're right. He would be, if there's someone who wants to shotgun a few before they got, you know, a couple teddies. Oh yeah. He's the man for the job. 100%. Cause he'd be the one saying, by the way, I knew I play with Teddy Bruce. <laughs> like, you know, just sucking the beers back. Like, Oh my God. And he just, like, let's go. Like crushing the can. The head. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> hey, the chat came in clutch. Andy Reed is a Mormon and he doesn't drink. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I was trying to get at, but I also don't know if, you know, like if you follow, I, I don't know. I'm just saying, but like yeah, I, I, I'm here for like the, people the you know that are Catholic eat meat on Friday. So it's not the same, you know, people you know. It's, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, but uh, what was I gonna say? All right, so I'll go with my speaking of beating meat. So this is actually why I was bringing it all because back to Anthony Lynn. How I was mentioning in the beginning of the segment. Look at that, put it all together. Um, they want to see Hard Knocks that first episode. I did. I did. See how he had like two smokers. He's talking about his wings that he's been making since he was in Texas as a kid. I'm just sitting there, my mouth's watering. You can Bro. see the seasoning just like sizzling off the chicken wings, and I'm just like, <laughs> like I, I. And then, and dude, this is how you know he is an absolute star on the barbecue scene. He literally had like a spoon, and they had the napkin with the rubber band, like kind of blobbing the sauce. And his wife's like, you know, you could use like something like a brush. And he's like, no, the, the napkin's better. Old school, I, old school, very old school. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he uses hickory wood, right? Like gas, no way. He's going with wood. He's going wood. Yeah, he's going with a with a wood smoker. And like I'm like, I need to learn his tricks. How and he was basically saying, like, yeah, you can get away with it for like like you know, like a half of a day, but like it really needs like the full day. I'm thinking like how um yeah, so I mean I feel like he'd be a fun one. I don't know. That's just me. That's my take though. Like he would, he could teach you. Not that yours are bad by any means, but he could teach you. You know, some of his ways, maybe. And then, yeah, you know, oh, I can trust me. I'm always. I, I feel like anyone that's in the you know smoking wings and smoking meats, like you're always down to hear someone else's you know recipe and methods. Yeah, you gotta share your best practices. Yeah. Um. All right, but also sticking to the football chat to wrap up the show. So we always do a thing, Max. We were, I was telling you this before the show. Uh, one of our latter segments in the in the on the Tuesday show is we do a little something called Show versus Street. So what we do is we'll take, uh, yeah, we'll take one of uh, a topic that maybe is something we feel not biased on, but it's yeah, yeah, you care. It's it's there. There's like it it, it, you definitely want to see how it goes. Like you know, right? So the way I look at it, uh, we have our show opinion where right we try to keep it professional, keep it you know pretty straight in line on the show. But then on the flip side, we have our I mean, what we do if we put the laptops down, you know, I and mean, you know, maybe it's after a couple beers you're thinking. Um, so I'll sorry, Zach, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? I'm trying to think. let's uh or hell, you know, Max, you want to go first? Let's do you first because I feel like yours is gonna be a lengthier discussion. Sure. Um, although we kind of got the ball rolling, I feel like a little bit with your clickbait, um, you know, talking about God, Marcus Spears' atrocious take. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about the Eagles, right? So um, your click, your uh, your show versus street topic is: Will the Eagles turn it around? Yeah, are they legitimately screwed? Is as I put it. Yeah. Um, show take. I sat, I pondered for a while. Anyone that knows me knows how much the Eagles mean to me and how, how hard this has been so far for me. Um, Show-wise, though, I, I'll have to say the Eagles give me no reason to believe anything so far. I mean, you got Wentz, who looked as bad as he ever has personally. He's thrown off his back leg, and his unwillingness or inability to, to scramble and, and make plays as he has in the past has not been there. Um, I, I point a lot of fingers at Wentz. I don't point all of them like a lot of people, but uh, any defense allowing over 30 points a game, you're setting yourself up for failure there alone. Um, I mean, it's been one or two outings so far, but uh, you know, the Philly media, it's going to come down to soon another loss or two. It's Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. And and if they do give him a chance, you, you insert a rookie quarterback midseason. And that squanders playoff hopes, even in the NFC East, in my opinion. I mean, at that point, if, if he is being inserted, they're three or four, three and five, in my opinion. And he, and if he does lead them to the playoffs some, somehow, then he is the answer, it would seem. Um, I don't see it happening. I do see it being a possibility with the Philly media being so present, sadly, in Philadelphia. Um, but, yeah, I don't see them, from a show perspective, turning around. However, when we get down to the nit and grit in my, <laughs> in my, my soul, in the street. You're in the street. It has been absolutely pathetic. I've been embarrassed the first two weeks. I, I turned my phone on do not disturb mode. <laughs> after of the one o'clock game so far um but we've seen it before and i know we were talking about it earlier came back we've seen it before and if you don't remember i'll remind you and it was just last year i mean a ridden nfc east with not to be mean zach just the tight uh, the giants uh, being the giants and, and yeah. the redskins, <laughs> being just, the redskins and, and, the <laughs> and eagles deciding to be a good team or mediocre week by week in around that seven nine eight and eight and i think that makes the cut again this year i think the cowboys should be zero and two i think they uh the falcons let that one squander and good for them they get to one and one but they showed me no consistency on either side of the ball especially defensively and like i said we've seen it before i've seen Wentz lead of injury ridden team before after a poor start i heard people early last year squandering and, and, and yelling and saying, get once out. And then they end up making the playoffs and he's a savior all again. On his back too. He's back. So, well, I mean, listen, get once out of the pocket, let him play his brand of football, which we've seen before. Yes. Howie, I know you drop picks and money on speed, but until you get a healthy line, you can't air mail the ball. He doesn't have time. And it's shown. And you saw flashes with Deshaun across the middle a couple times in that second and third quarter where they made that little run and opened the run game up to Sanders and him out of the backfield catching a couple passes where they're getting those quick completions. But until you get Wentz out of the pocket, I really don't see hope. I think there's still hope because, again, it's only two weeks in. Like you were saying, you lose one or two more in the next three weeks and, and you got a real problem. But you, you turn this thing around against a very bad Cincinnati team. You go one and two. Put your head down, get your offense rolling a little bit. See if Schwartz can get some stuff rolling on defense, whether it brings in a couple blitz packages or whatnot. Um, actually plays man-to-man -man with a, a top five corner and slay instead of having paid 10 yards off. Um, I definitely think it's a possibility. I, I don't feel great as a fan, but I've seen it. I've seen it before, and until he proves me wrong, I'll still have a little uh, Wentz magic in my back pocket that I believe in. But um, only time will tell.
that was that was a pretty damn good pep talk for an Eagles fan. You need, like if you needed to hear something, that was it. Hey man, just roll it back. You've seen it before. Hey. I don't feel great, but I've seen it before, so I have no reason until he doesn't do it to believe he can't do it again. And I yeah. think I think Wentz has been very bad. Like I said, he he stayed in the pocket. He's thrown off his back foot. He's thrown balls ten yards over a seven foot wingspan and Goddard. I, I've seen it all, trust me, and I've been as upset as any. But when you take out everything and you look back and you say it's the same exact story as last year from a division side and you have the same type of injury situation, he's done it before, and I'll give him credit for that, and I will have some belief that he can do it again until he proves me otherwise. And it's funny because I feel like Zach, you're looking for that belief with, with Danny Dimes. That's it's funny. Yeah. I'm always gonna stick in the NFC East with you here. Your thoughts are the Gi- same exact same question. What are your thoughts yeah. on on the state of the Giants? Yeah. So my show take would be that yeah, they're done for sure. Put a fork in it. Oh no. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you need to have a third down defense, right? And they clearly don't have one. I would love to know the percentages of, of third downs that they give up in a game. When you're allowing guys like Mitch Trubisky carve you up on third down, that's that's not a good look at all. I don't care. We only allowed 17 points. That's that's all well and good, but you, you got to get your offense on the field, and need, they need to have time. You, you, just from a time of possession perspective, they're awful right now, and it's pretty evident that you know Daniel Jones. While all off season, I've been preaching about him, you know, getting more mature, you know, becoming more mature with his ball, with the ball security and everything. It's pretty obvious that he that that's not the case you know he, he fumbles every game he throws at least one excuse my french dumbass interception every every game you know and it's let like, it out let it out and they come back to cost us the game cost us the games like like with the steelers with the stupid he didn't throw the ball away instead he tries throwing it and he gets popped up in the air yeah. for example first quarter against the bears fumble because he couldn't just pull an eli manning and fall down you know like because he's trying to do too much you know and it's just, it's misery. And until we see some people wake up on the team and do their jobs right, you know, with all this, this discipline that uh, Joe Judge is preaching, we're not really seeing it all right now besides maybe in the penalty arena. Um, but that's, that's about it. And then obviously losing Saquon doesn't help either. Okay. We got Devonte Freeman, but five other teams literally passed on him before it took before he signed with us. So He's no Barkley, that's for sure. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So my show take is you can tell is pretty negative, but uh, so, my, but my street take will be. I was, about to say, I was actually saying, I was like, did he did he roll into his street? Like there was a lot of emotion in there, dude. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's been it's been a tough. I mean, seven out of the last eight years we've started zero and two. So, it's, really glad uh, I got that group chat going with with you guys. I feel like there's a real good therapy thing going in there. It's I good. It's, it's, it's helpful. Yeah. Um. But no. So my street take is is this. There's what ninety text messages. <laughs> Oh yeah, dude. I looked at my phone. I had 95 text messages in this Giants group chat. I was like skimming through it all. I was like, okay, I think I'm getting the gist of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, but now my street take is yes, we haven't been, had great uh, success on third down defense. But when you look at the numbers, and and we're only two weeks in, we're right now the fourth in defense as far as yards allowed per game. You know, which might not be like the sexiest stat in the world, but for us, that's good. It's, it's, it's good signs that there could be room for improvement moving forward on the third down defense side of the ball. I really think that we're just four or five plays away every game that we could win. Like we should have. Yeah, you're five yards away from in that last game. Yeah. And we shouldn't have even been in that. 
we shouldn't even have been in that position, but I really do. I really think I have a lot of uh, hope in Daniel Jones, but he needs to clean up those dumb turnover mistakes because that's that's the problem right now. And that's what's costing us the games to me. Pretty pretty one sided. That's what's costing us games for those. I'll be the first one to say he's been a lot better than what I thought. I thought he was a complete bust from the start. I think he has a good mm-hmm. arm. I think he moves a lot better than I I expected at least. I don't know about UK Mac, but. I, I he's given me no reason to believe if he if he cleans up the turnover side of it that he can be a, a solid quarterback for the Giants for years to come. Yeah. Oh yeah, I totally agree, and and I I'm right where with you. I remember when I, we were we were down national when they drafted him. I kind of was like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, man, like, I, like, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. When- Everyone that night to draft two, and it's like not me, but like you saw like, like Giant, like ah, <laughs> like and they're just yeah. all like, like yeah. did that look on their face. I'm just like, oh man, that's. I'll never forget that night because I was sitting on, on the couch and I was Josh Allen fell to us. You know, the, the I remember, I think I texted somebody, maybe Beltran saying, congratulations, you got Josh Allen. Dude, so, so, you know, Goodell's up there and I'm like, re, like about to say it as he says it, I'm like, Josh. And he's like, Daniel Jones. And I was like, are you serious? Six overall. Like I knew we were probably going to get him, but I didn't think six overall was worth it, but. I'm sorry. We just got to clean up these these ridiculous turnovers. Sorry, I had a hard time mouthing Jordan Love. Uh, yeah. With, yeah, that was that, yeah. that that was weren't the words I were about to spill out my mouth. Um, but speaking but, of Karen, yeah, please. I got, I'm going to ask you, and we're going to roll into yours now. Let's do it. I like it. I see. I love that you're getting yeah. the podcast and flow. I love this. Yeah. So you know, you're the Packers are obviously two and zero. You know the uh, the Lions and the Vikings are zero and two, but the Bears are two and zero. Are they are they for real? Are you worried? Show, huh? Sorry, we'll start. We'll start. Ah, I can't even talk. I'm like already like trying to like try to get it out. Uh, talk about the Bears, huh? Um, all right, no, let's. I'll be serious. So the show perspective. Um, I'm actually gonna see the the saying we've been saying all night. Like it's only two games, and I'll spin it on you and say they won two football games. For, they're the other way around. Everyone's laughing. Like, well, they suck. I'm like, well, they, they're two and zero. Oh. Like, you don't just accidentally win football games. In a world where we always, I feel like, in a week-to-week basis where we sit here and say, it's really hard to win in the NFL. Like, you can do everything right and still not win. Like, that, like, stupid saying or whatever. They're winning football games. So, they're like the other way around where everyone's like, oh, well, they're not doing anything, but they're winning. It's like, I understand they probably should have lost the Lions. And I know they're five yards away from losing from the Bears, but they didn't lose the games. Right? I mean, that that's something to be said. They're winning close football games. So, I mean... Am I going to sit here and tell you that they're that they're good? No, because I mean, Max, I thought you had a really good point before we jumped on on the show about. I don't know if they can if the Packers. I don't. First of all, I don't know if the Packers' offense is going to bang and mesh like this for forty plus points every week. But if they are somewhere in that neighborhood, let's say they average like thirty six points a game, I don't feel good about the Bears in a game like that. Because you and you guys had awesome points. I didn't even think of this. The Bears have been seen that A, force turnovers, but B, feast off of them because their offense isn't that productive. So they need every short field they can get with their special teams and defensive plays. In areas where the Packers have actually done pretty well, moving the football, pinning you down, then stopping you, forcing turnovers, scoring, adding points. Like it, I don't necessarily sit here and say I think that the like, – I would say I, I go Packers-Bears right now, but if it's my, like my show perspective is that I think that they're, they're not a slouch. You don't slouch a team that's undefeated, even if it's 2-0. Yeah. Hey, you got to give him credit for sure. Um, I think it kind of goes back to my point with Wentz in a way with Trubitsky. Granted, they're completely different, but until he shows me that he can lead a football team and win games against some of those teams on that 2-0 list, whether it be the Chiefs or the Seahawks or teams that have been there, done that, quarterbacks are solid, very good, consistent coaching. I know, I know 
they I don't believe Chicago necessarily has that in my opinion. I, I think no, they I don't have a lot more to prove. I think Tuna's a great start. Do I think they beat anybody special? Absolutely not. And kind of like I said, when it comes to some of these teams like those Packers, like the Chiefs, like the Seahawks that can score, I they can't I don't think they can keep up with those teams. And I think defensively, um, they have a lot of holes to the point where they can't defend they can't depend on that defense. And I yeah. think they're gonna let up a good amount of points. And I don't I don't see like I said earlier, they play the Packers. I don't see them being able to score with that team. I, I think it gets close early. I think Rodgers makes two good drives and makes it a 21-3, 21-10 game, and that's all she wrote. I don't see Trubitsy come back against a team that's been there, done that one big-time games down the stretch, down 11 with 10, 12 minutes left. I, I don't think – I we haven't seen it. I don't believe I'll see it. And until I do see it, I, I don't have any belief it will happen. So. Well, it's funny. I feel like that's exactly what I was going to say my street. Like, I feel like there's not like what, like, I'm not there's like, nothing. There's to nothing me, to I'll, I'll put, I'll put it this way from if you're a Packers fan, if you had said to me, Kieran, if you had to pick one of these teams to be like neck and neck with you at two and oh, and I guess, right. I'd be like, well, I'd shrug and say, I know it's the bears then because we play the other two teams, but right. Like, no, I would almost laugh and be like, no, I want it to be the Bears. So like, I would rather it be the Bears challenging them than any other teams. I don't think they're that great. I don't think they're built to last. I don't think they're that talented. I don't think their yep. defense is as good as everyone says they are. Um, I'm with you. So I, I, I they play uh, – they're at Atlanta next week. That will be a really interesting that's, that's, game. Will Atlanta have a hangover in that dome? Will they bounce back? Will they be resilient? Like That's going to be a really interesting game to watch. Well, also from an offensive side, you know the Falcons can score the ball. The first yeah. two weeks they should have won. They put up, I, I forget, I think 39 points when they to the loss to the Cowboys. Uh, obviously, their defense hasn't looked great. I know the Cowboys have a lot more explosive players than Chicago. I think we can all agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think they can score, and I think that will be a perfect example of, hey, you can play a decent football game and not make too many mistakes, which, granted, I don't know if Trubisky can continue to do that. But if he does, I think it's still, uh, it's still going to be one of those, hey – they put up 35 on us and we can't score more than 21, 17. And they just can't bounce back from that. I don't think they can keep up. Right. And that'll be a good test, but Hey, I, I don't think the Falcons are super special, but I think they're a very solid team. I don't think it's a team anyone would want to play. I think they have some good pieces. Yeah. And, they're, and they've they're, been in the playoffs. They've done it. Matt Ryan isn't anything crazy, but granny's gone to Super Bowl and he, he's made it multiple times. I think it's not some, but like you can put up points against that team and beat that team. Then, then this is a different discussion in my opinion. They're like the chargers of the yep. NFC. I feel like they're like the same type of team. Yep. Oh man. I can't wait. So Thursday, we were talking about this before. I think the Thursday night game is going to be fun with Jacksonville and Miami, um, which is ironic. Talk about, that's, talk about a coin flip, right? I know. I know. It's going to be a fun one though. It's interesting to watch a little bit, um, which is ironic because that's when we'll be back on the air at seven o'clock uh, on Thursday. Um, and I'll tell you for anyone that's checking this out for the first time, um, we'll pull up real quick, just uh, all the fun stuff. So if you want to follow us uh, on Twitch right now, you can give us a little, little, little click to the left there at the heart. Uh, and if you got Amazon Prime, it's free, so you can subscribe there too um, for all the cool stuff. But uh, yeah, there's always fun fun stuff to interact with the show. We love what the chat was doing. The chat was awesome tonight. Uh, we love everyone's comments and, and and taking a look at social media. If you miss any episodes uh, via video, and you can obviously check out the replays on Twitch. But let's say you're going on a flight or something, you know, you, might, you know, whatever you got, you got to go to the audio version. You got Spotify and iTunes to hook you up uh, and then check us out on social media as well. Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit are at underscore get sidetracked. Uh, and then Twitch, like I said before is twitch.tv slash get underscore sidetracked. And then check out the website at www.get-sidetracked.com because Zach, my man is on fire with his picks. 
and we're going to keep going with them. Let's get yeah, it, hopefully. Zach. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Thirteen and three last week against Max. We got to get you in the in the, in the bookie sessions here. You got you, you had the Camara pick last night. That was great. I love yeah, man, Zach. I, I'd love to hear your takes. The thirteen three is impressive. That's some oh. Deion Sanders barstool numbers right there. So, so hey, let's, blind let's squirrel. Hear what find, we got this week. Blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. He's right? hot. You know. Hot. <laughs> He's rolling now. Um, awesome. Well, thank everyone, Max. This is a lot of fun having you on, dude. We love this. Is great. You got to come on again for sure. I, I appreciate both of you having me on. It was a great time, and I look forward to doing it again. It was a blast. So we'll be back on the air. It's uh, not tomorrow. I'm always losing my mind here, uh, but seven o'clock uh, on Thursday. And we'll be kicking off and chatting a little about Thursday night football and some uh, college stuff more. Uh, and the MLB playoff races pile a little bit more, but yeah, one thing everyone for listening and checking out the chat. So we'll see everyone right back here in the living room on Thursday. Choose our one.